Hi everyone and welcome to our 20th show. I'm Dana. And I'm Jim. Today we have a very special guest, Greg from Untapped. But first, beer. Today's beer is from Suarez Family Brewing, uh, just up the Taconic State Parkway from us. Uh, they are located at somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have the contact pulled up. Uh, they are located in Hudson, New York, uh, 2278 U.S. Route 9, Hudson, New York. Um, once again, Suarez Family Brewing, we are tasting small talk, which we'll be doing on the podcast a little bit, oh, wow. getting to know Greg Avola from Untapped. Uh, if you are, well, first of all, let's taste the beer. Okay. Okay. It is a, <laughs> very unorganized this morning. It is a <laughs> Keller beer, or Zwickel beer. It comes in at 5.3% ABV. Uh, and I'm, I've been impressed by all the beers at, uh, that Suarez has produced. Um, I think they have a, a huge fan base uh, down here favorites? in the Hudson Valley. They definitely are one of my favorites. So cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. Cheers. And officially, Greg, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very Thank much. You so I'm much. happy to be here. So. And obviously happy to bring in Suarez because, like you said, one of my favorites. I remember when they first came on the scene. Um, how long ago was that? It feels like it was yesterday. In the, <laughs> in the beer world, that's kind of how it always is. Yeah. But, you know, with their kind of uh, approach to more uh, pale ales mm-hmm. and hoppier styles, which is my favorite, It's uh, yeah. uh, they are a refreshing change from very hop forward. It's not going to blow your, your, your hop yeah. brains out in terms yeah. of these things, but... Very, very mellow, very flavorful. Um, definitely a, a, a great drinkable beer. That's kind of what yeah. I, I would always say about Suarez. It's like there are a lot of IPAs out there that are really heavy and, and extremely ABV high. And I feel like every time I have a beer from these guys, it's totally drinkable and uh, easy to drink. Yeah, there was definitely a trend going um, placing. I want to be the hoppiest beer. I want to blow your yeah. taste buds out. I want to be the pine needliest one mm-hmm. ever. And it was cool when it first started, and then it was like, I can't taste anything after I have the beer. Or like if you're having a meal with the beer, it's like, I can't taste my food. Exactly. So I'm glad that's kind of uh, ebbed and <laughs> yeah. relaxed a little it was bit. A, a whole following of people called Juice Boys yes. that would chase those. But the juicier beers are... Less hoppier. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's easier on the palate. That's True. why the whole New England thing yeah, has been, the, yeah, the juice bombs and the... Um, I mean, there's definitely a place for the piney... Right, absolutely. Thing, you know, but I think, you know, as as our palate starts to expand and, right. and understand different types of flavors and stuff like that, it's nice to have a drink like this where it's it, it's totally flavorful, you can feel it, and right. then you have another beer after it, yeah. and you're totally able to taste that beer because you're, yes. your mouth isn't painted from, from the, uh, right. the piniest of traditional IPAs. Yeah, because sometimes like, if you want to do a few beers, like you have to save that IPA for last because, mm-hmm. like you said, you can't taste anything after. So, yeah, this is good. You could have other beers after it, and it goes with your meal, and it's delicious, and you can have a bunch of these. Exactly. Like you can, this could be a session beer. What's the ABV on this again? 5.3. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So for those two people out there that don't know what Untapped is, would you please explain to them what your wonderful app is? Sure. So Untapped is a social beer network uh, for beer lovers. So the great way what Untapped does allows you to kind of discover new beers, discover places, discover friends, 
and get recommendations about where to go, what to have. Uh, in this day and age, there's so many different beers out there. And if you're a beer aficionado or you're just starting into beer, you may be daunted when you walk into a place that has 25, 30 taps yeah. and you're not really sure what you should get. So yeah. when Tap's goal is to help you um, tell you, you know, what, what you like based on your taste profile. So we take all your, your check-ins, as we call them, when you record a beer. And you actually, uh, we give algorithms to detect what your favorite styles are. And then more that's importantly, crazy. where to find them. Yeah. That's the other thing that's really missing in the beer world is that, yes, there are a lot of sites out there that later record things. But finding beer is always yeah. a challenge, too. So yeah. if you were like IPAs, because if we knew, we can tell you exactly where to go and where to find it. So we're kind of a, a social network around beer, but also educational as well. We want to yeah. give you uh, flavor profiles. We want to give you descriptions of beer, where to find it, where to go, and stuff like that. You know, personally for me, whenever I get a chance to travel, that's the first thing I'll do is I'll take out on tap and say, where, where are the breweries around me? Where can I go to find yeah. the latest, latest trends, stuff like that. So all-encompassing beer app, but we all started with the check-in process where you kind of record all the beers and what you're ready for. So how did this start? Was it out of... <laughs> necessity for you like you said when you go different places you want to know where the beer is were you just thinking over and over like i wish this existed wish this existed and finally decided oh let me make it <clears throat> so I, the funny thing is and i tell the story a lot people always get you know very uh, surprised but i really didn't like beer before we made untapped so tim and wait i wait a minute wait a yeah, minute wait, totally wait, wait it's totally true so you, so know, you were cavassier only or uh, <laughs> I, for, for me, I think the biggest challenge in the beer world is that you see so many different flavors of beer out there, and you're like, if you meet somebody and say, I don't like beer, and I believe that's because they haven't had the right beer yet. Right. So for me, when I say I didn't like beer, so I haven't had the beer that I liked. Well, it's like the Greg from uh, 10 years ago would be like, wow, you're drinking this beer? That's ridiculous. That's, you would never like that beer. So as you try to go into your styles and things that you work on, uh, the app kind of teaches you what beers you're going to like based on okay. your taste profile. So. We always thought, hey, if it works for us, it can work for a lot of other people. So my co-founder, Tim Mather, out of California, we yeah. met over Twitter, believe it or not, a long, nice. long time ago, which is a crazy Sounds story. Sounds like a love story. Yes. <laughs> so we, we basically um, uh, you know, kind of looked at Foursquare, which is where our original kind of concept were, mm-hmm. checking into places. And we said, you know, that's great, but no one really cares if you go to the grocery store or your local CVS or something right. like that. No one really cares about that. Right. If you go to a bar, what did you do there? Did you have a beer? Did you have food? Yeah. We thought, well, what industries are inherently social, but not social on the web? Yeah. And beer was the first thing that came to our mind because we're doing it right now. We're all kind of ch- chatting, drinking yeah. beer, but that online version of that did not exist. Right. Adapt. So combining wow. the idea of Foursquare and the fact that drinking socially, which is our tagline, yeah. came together, Untapped was born from that uh, kind of brainchild of trying to put all that stuff together. And then, like I mentioned, from this experience, I was able to find out what beer I liked, what beer I didn't like, and then therefore I became a beer Oh, not so you were using your own app along with everybody else exactly. for that? Well, I, think, pretty cool. I think it's important. Whenever you build a product yeah. or a service, if you're not a user or you're not yeah. passionate about it, you're easily going to drop off basic yeah. service. You know? It's like if you are not a farmer and you open, go into farming, you're not going to really put the passion and drive it right. because you don't have it. So for me, it was a great opportunity to kind of learn more about beer, find out what I like. For example, you know, my Tim was checking into Fat Tire, and up until about two years in New York, we didn't have that here. Right. So I'm like, what is this beer? I've never heard of it before. Yeah. So those kind of discussions are what we try to kind of foster on the, on the platform is kind of educational, people knowing what style guides and knowing what a, what a, a sour beer is supposed to taste like and those different things. Yeah. And then ultimately recommending beers that you may like. That's right. the biggest challenge. Yeah. 
there are millions and millions of beers on, on the, in the system. You know, right now we have close to about three million beers in the Untapped platform. Wow. Three st- million. Three million. Wow. That includes commercial and home breweries. Right. About a million okay. just commercial because we do a lot of people to brews on there. Yeah. Um, but you know, we started with about an open source database of about five thousand beers eight, eight years ago, and people just added ones and stuff like that. So, so your partnerships with these bars and restaurants. Yes. Um, that's crucial yes. to the app's functionality. Yes. Can you kind of dive into that a little bit? Yeah. So about 2016 in, in February, we launched something called Untap for Business. And what that is, is it allows bars and restaurants to leverage the power of Untap with our beer database, with your digital displays, as well as print menus and analytics about That's basically huge. showing live tap lists to people. The biggest problem that we have is, you know, when I want to find a beer out there and I don't know if it's you know, I use algorithms, people checking in stuff. So, yeah. you know, I, I've gone to bottle shares before at, at, at regular bottle shops and we've checked in a lot of crazy stuff, but then that influences uh, where yeah. to find that beer because sure, you know, you're not going to find, uh, you know, uh, Trios mm. being sold at that bar, but maybe right. it only brings it there. Right. So the algorithms have to detect those type of things before adding them to the fine beer, but adding this feature of live tablets gives you as a user a real-time look of what's being served there which is incredible uh, be able to see real-time lists as well as subscribe to that bar so for example you like your favorite bar down the street and they're on the platform you can subscribe for updates so when they put something new on draft you get a push notification that says hey this beer is not That's available wonderful. so on the flip side too say you really want to find kbs and you're not sure where to go you can subscribe to the beer and one of those verified venues around you that are part of the platform puts it on draft then you easily get a notification that you can go to that location and get it. That's so awesome because it, it, it's very annoying to me when like, especially around this time of year, people have Christmas parties at bars and different things, you know, okay, next Wednesday I'm going to bar X. Mm-hmm. And I always look up the website because I want to know yeah. what beer they have and they never, never have it, yeah. because the beer rotates so much they don't even bother putting a list. So that's wonderful. So the, 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 the biggest thing that we saw with this platform is that when looking at bars that are turning over beers quickly, yeah. and most of the time, I mean, the good ones change it every so often, right. but it's, it's time consuming. You know, you, you have to serve your customers, you have to change the kegs, you have to clean the lines, you have to get everything ready. Changing something on your website is the last thing you're going to think about when yeah. you have to serve customers in a room. Yeah. So we actually offer a mobile app as well for business customers. So on the go, they can just easily change their, their menu and it gets populated to all different that mediums. That is so helpful. So That's we great. have our website embed that people can put on the website. We have Facebook embed that goes to your Facebook page. Also goes to Untapped, as you, as you know, and the notifications. So it makes it really simple and easy just to be able to do it once and kind of forget about it and a really easy to use uh, factor. You're probably already on your phone anyways. Yeah. Changing the music, you know, lowering the lights, yeah. Whatever you want to do, uh, click switch to the flip, and then you automatically can get on the app as well. That's genius, because there is a bar that I've worked at similar to this place. It would get really busy. You would kick a keg, change the keg, but have to like go online, yep. change it, and like there's customers yelling at you. Yep. It's just that is amazing. Uh, it's all about simple and ease of use. Yes. We want to make it, uh, you know, untapped as the the actual app that people use. It's is geared toward ease of use. Very simple rating system, up to one to five with quarter stars. A very simple review system of having 140 characters. We don't want you to write a novel there. We want you to enjoy the beer and get back with your friends. So we want you to have that experience there. So we have the same process with our untapped business platform, making it really easy to use and simple and fun. That's the whole point of it. If you guys do not have this app downloaded to your smartphone yet, go to your app store and look up Untapped, U-N-T-A-P-P-D, U-N-T-A-P-P-D. Uh, I have it on my phone. Uh, I'm going to start using it a lot more. I'm so intrigued by all the different things um, that it can do. Um, 
So what's what's I'm sorry. <laughs> what's next? Because I know that you guys just started this business platform yep. aspect of it. Uh, is there things that you can share? There's some things that you can't. <laughs> when did totally you start understand? with the uh, with the businesses? So we launched in, in uh, February 1st of 2016, right. and uh, that basically was the whole concept of being able to merge the two together of the consumer and the business side. Okay. The app actually launched October 22nd, 2010. Right. Okay. So we've been around for about eight years plus now. Um, so and you just celebrated your anniversary, yes, right? Yes, October 22nd every year. It's like on tap day, as right. people have called it in the past. Uh, <laughs> and I believe there was a party at the beer noggin. Yes, I've heard of that was. place yes, before. I have heard of it just a little bit. Um, so we, we basically, um, you know, We've always wanted to do the business platform, and it took us a little while to get there. We actually worked on Untapped uh, part time for about five and a half years. Wow! Um, so we did this on the side, kind of a, as a side project for a little while, and then back in 2016, we merged with a company called Next Class. Mm-hmm. Next Class is located out of Wilmington, North Carolina, which is about an hour and a half uh, north of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Okay. You kind of know where that is. Um, and from there, we were able to go full time on the project. So, which is an awesome experience yeah. to be able to work so hard on the side and be able to work on it full time. And because of the fact of the merging of the two teams together, Untapped Business was born because we nice. have more people to do the work now. Yeah. Uh, we have a sales team. Uh, we have almost 100 employees that work for Untapped. Oh my now. God, wow. So it's pretty crazy to see the vision of where we started from a, a two-person perspective yeah. to a 100-person uh, uh, team. So eight years ago, this was a side job. What was your main job before you worked so on Untapped? I used to work for ABC News uh, oh, in wow. the city. Um, so I worked for the web, web team there. So I basically was responsible for doing the... Uh, everything to do with the, uh, the abcnews.com website. So, okay. um, you know, my, my boss at the time, uh, when I was looking for a job, um, he had uh, interviewed me and he had a member sitting at his desk and he turned his laptop around and Untap was on his laptop Stop screen. Stop it! And I'm like, uh, <laughs> he goes, did you build this? I said, yes. He goes, when can you start? I mean, so it's like, you know, he was really wow. kind of enthralled by that. My <laughs> boss is a big Untap user and, uh, you know, that kind of... Uh, help me get that position from that perspective there. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> That's pretty so, funny. Yeah, He's awesome. like, this is you? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so. All right. Briefly, you said 10 years ago, you weren't really the same type of craft beer drinker you are yeah. today. What was Greg 10 years ago drinking? <laughs> That's a very good question. <laughs> it's like, uh, he stole life. <laughs> you know, I think, I think for the most part, you know, uh, a lot of time you drink a lot of the, the, these beers here that – you just don't get an appreciation of the style. It's just like, yeah. like a fine wine. Yeah. It ages over time. Mm-hmm. So for me, um, you know, looking at a beer like this that has really complex notes and has a lot of hoppiness to it, I'll be like, oh, this is gross. <laughs> if you're not really exposed to the style or exposed to what beer should taste like, you may think that other, other types of beers don't have a lot of that's nothing to give. So my, yeah. my, my first uh, foray into craft beer was your Rare Vosch by Brewerma Gang up in upstate New yeah. York. That was your first? That's, it, that's it, it's a very pretty complex lofty. Beer. That's, first. Yeah. Here's the thing, you know, uh, it's a very lofty thing, but I never knew beer could taste like that. That's okay. the situation for me is that I looked at uh, a beer like that and I said, look, um, this is amazing. Yeah. All the, the complexity of the Bel- uh, Belgian strong, strong yeah. animals that's in there and yet – I've never had anything like this before. Yeah. So for me, it's more educational than anything else. Um, you know, by by drinking beer um, uh, throughout my obviously adult life, and then figuring out exactly uh, what a complex beer like that would taste like, it opened my eyes to kind of the way of of, of craft in that aspect. So um, 
that's kind of how it changed for me from that, from that side. Of I don't know if this is going to get you in trouble with all of the uh, beer brands you work with, but <laughs> do you have a favorite beer or do you have a favorite style? That's less so, like going to get you in trouble. I was, I was, yeah, probably <laughs> style. Yes, all, um, right, all right, uh, you know, Right now, I've always been a, a big hothead. I, I, I love IPAs, but mm-hmm. being from New England, I grew up in Massachusetts. New England IPAs are, are, my, yeah. are my jam right now. Yeah. Um, if I can't, so if I can't see through it, it's a great beer. Yeah, so, you know, it's like um, orange juice. Exactly. Perfect. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think that the, that's a great um, alternative IPA because traditionally, like we were talking before, IPAs are really hazy. Uh, yeah. um, not hazy, but IPA, hoppier, right. pinier. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people, like my wife, doesn't really like it because of that particular hoppy yeah. flavor. But foray into New England IPAs, which are more juicier, less on the hopper mm-hmm. bitterness side. Mm-hmm. I think that expands people's palates to try different things. Absolutely. Who knows? Maybe you try uh, uh, New England IPAs, and then a week later, you actually like IPAs. Yeah. Okay. So I think yeah. it's a great uh, intermediate style for those don't like really hoppy flavors. Right. I always tell people that, hey, they see IPA in the menu. They're like, oh, I don't like IPAs. I'm like, that's actually a New England IPA. Right. It's a little bit different than what you're used to. Give it a shot and see what you think. It's and like your gateway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean... Obviously, Trillions and Trials kind of yeah. kind of put this into the population. Now everyone's kind of doing New England IPA, which is good. Um, but I think for the most part, those are what people love now. It's, it's the whole notion of like um, the, the the hazier, the the, the orange juice like <laughs> yeah. uh, of your particular beverage, then that makes it even better from that perspective. What so. do you think's the new trend? I feel like IPAs will be popular for a while, but I feel like sours are the new yes. IPA. Do you find that like more people checking in? Yeah, I think sours are, are like wine; they're an acquired taste. So I know that absolutely. I, I, I'll, I'll get a lot of slack. But I'm not a huge sour fan. I'm not either. Um, I keep trying. I yeah. do. So but. I mean, for for me, I think sours are a great way. Are a great. Uh, beverage people like to have that are on the other spectrum of those more heavier mm-hmm. uh, imperial stouts and stuff like that yeah. that are like 13% bourbon barrel age stuff like that so if you are not into that realm but you're into the sour realm yeah. that's kind of where I think it lies I think sours are going to be uh, huge or not a fad um, there was a time where uh, things like um, hard root beer was kind of a thing yeah. you remember that yeah. and that kind of died out pretty quickly um, I feel like it lasted a summer it did <laughs> I mean, I mean, and, and look they're good I mean I, I can't drink a whole one of them because it's too sweet. But yeah. at the same time, you know, from that perspective, I think that uh, sours are not going anywhere. There are breweries that are dedicated to making sour mm-hmm. beers, and they're mm-hmm. not going to completely fold in that perspective. So yeah. I think it's definitely a, a trend that's up going on on tap for sure. It has been for a little while. Um, you know, IPAs have always been the kind of king of the hill right. in terms of what uh, type of beverages have been checked into yeah. and stuff like that. But sours are definitely going up there in terms of popularity of the last couple. We of have years. a friend, and I've said this before on the podcast. Her name is Kristen. She drinks here. She can drink sours all night. I just feel like it's like sucking a limit head all day. Yep. Like it, it to or me it rips out the top of my mouth, and she's just knocking them back. It's amazing to me. But she also hates IPAs, yep. and I drink those all night. Yeah. So we all have different things that we like. I think it's also a good uh, gateway into craft beer for people that like wine. So it's a kind of a, oh, a very good okay. um, kind of crossover drink. Um, like lambics and things exactly. like that. Yeah, ciders is also another thing. So yeah. I started with ciders and moved from ciders to mm-hmm. sours. So, uh, and she's also a big wine drinker. But I think those all kind of fit into a good realm uh, in terms of 
getting yourself into beer. Um, yeah, I think the, the biggest challenge is if you've never had a sour beer yeah. and you order it by mistake or you order it and you drink it, you're like, this beer must be bad. So it's an educational thing, you this know. This beer has turned. Yeah, it's an educational thing about knowing what a sour is supposed to taste like, so that people that get it are are, are knowing exactly right. what what it is from that perspective. So. I've actually seen Brendan and Doug serve a sour to somebody, somebody that comes in. And, no, yeah. they can they come in. Well, what do you normally drink? They say wine. Yeah, yeah. or try number okay. six or whatever it is. Yeah. And they'll pour it for them here at Beer Noggin. Thank you, Brendan and Doug, for hosting us today. <laughs> Um, and and they'll turn a wine drinker into a sour beer drinker at least for a day, you know. At least for a day. <laughs> well, I think it's a good it's a good crossover. Like I said, I think yeah. it's a great. If, if I came in here and I'm behind the bar or something like that, and someone says I like I like wine, I don't really like beer. Yeah. I'd probably pick out a cider or a sour or something mm-hmm. like that to get them started. Or a light lager is something that people might right go to, but definitely not uh, an IPA thrown in their face. No. That would be like, no. all right, I'm out the door in like two seconds. So. Yeah, yeah, it's like you I, want them to leave. <laughs> exactly. exactly so. Um, so we, well, I really like grafts, which mm-hmm. is surprising to me because I'm not a huge cider fan nor am I a sour fan. But it's something about the mixture of the two yeah. Yeah. I find to be delicious. Well, the good thing about them is that because the cider is gluten-free. So if people have yes. celiac yes. or something like that that love sours, this is a great, great beverage uh, to have because it has that kind of soury <clears throat> cider feel yeah. to it. Uh, I have a friend who lives in Philadelphia that, that, that unfortunately has celiac. And the worst part about that is that he became diagnosed after he had all these amazing beers. So he's had... Uh, I think so that's probably the worst. He knows what he's missing. That's probably Absolutely. the worst moral. If I, if I unfortunately got diagnosed with that, the, I just want to never have had beer. So I never right. know what it tastes like. Right. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, he had was diagnosed mid, mid, midlife. So he... Yes. You know, it's horrible. But he had Planet of the Younger, Planet of the Elder, all these amazing beers. And now he has to go try these gluten-free beers, which are not that great. But they're getting better. But those type of beverages are great because they're gluten-free. Yeah. They're... Um, they're uh, they're amazing and they have that sourness feel to it yeah um, which you don't get very often in yeah. sours i mean uh inside yeah. it's either you know uh, a traditional like more of a an apple kind of cider in right. a sense where hair super sweet light. to me oh, um, can't deal with those. another one interesting that's it's kind of in the in the hybrid range is recordling which is a uh kind of a almost like a, a, a spitzer but not really it's, it's more of a oh. cider and it's they do a key lime uh it's very very good it's light is it and refreshing. super sweet though that's the thing it depends on the type they have all okay. different types and then some yeah. are actually more sweet than others but okay. like their traditional like raspberry lime is more like a uh, almost like a hard seltzer but it's a that sounds refreshing it's, it's definitely very refreshing and who is that? yeah <laughs> recorderling is, is okay recorderling yeah. okay I was going to say, where can we find it? But we'll go on tapped and find out. So, ah, plug. (laughs) Uh, Is there another cidery that does ciders and sours like Grafts? Or is it just Grafts? I feel like they have that lot in the market, which is genius. There there is one in in Chicago. I forget the name of it. Um, And look it up um, but I think they do very similar ones like that uh, where it's like a si- sour cidery kind of thing yeah um, but I think for the most part uh, when I first saw them here in the New York area uh, I was like wow this is this is phenomenal you know for me it's not different than my style of drink per se yeah but I definitely understand the need for it yes. um, considering um, for celiacs or gluten-free or something like that um, you know that's a great opportunity for there's them so much have. flavor in those are so yeah. good um, I have another question that might get you in trouble. <laughs> if you don't want to answer, then I'll answer. <laughs> it's holiday time, so uh, Jim and I did our Christmas our Christmas extravaganza last yeah. <laughs> last episode. Um, what are your thoughts on Christmas beer? I'll start mm. first, so maybe this will help sure, you not get sure. in trouble. Um, 
always have one around this time just because, like I said, tis the season when mm-hmm. we did their show. But I always forget. Like, it's just so, like, I'm sucking a pie with so yep. much nutmeg and coriander and just and I'll have the first sip I'm like oh it's festive and at the third sip I'm like why did I do this yeah. so I've for, never found one that was good is there a good one for me I I feel like Christmas beers are kind of like spring seasonals people forget them very frequently Absolutely. like do you have summer seasonal beers that are, are way awesome. more yeah. um, on the top of your mind yeah. from that yeah. perspective but when it comes to winter style beers like you really, you think about it, it's like Sam Adams winter lager. That just comes that's, to your mind. That's yeah. everywhere you, where you see that. Yeah. But for, for me... Blue Point had their winner. Exactly, that yeah. So I, I think for, for me, like the big one that I've seen a lot of is the Anchor. Anchor Brewing Company makes the, I guess, like Merry like Christmas big, and Happy, yes, Happy yes, New Year yes. uh, every year, yeah. which is really good. That's a really good one. Um, you know, for me, uh, I, I'm not a huge... Uh, fan of winter warmers or that kind of style mm-hmm. of beverage but yeah. there are a lot of ones out there uh bells makes one christmas ale uh breckenridge does as well um and they, they make some really good ones as well it's not my traditional style of beverage that they'll, they'll take i feel like yeah. when i drink one of those i should like get into like a warm like yes. by the fire like you know yes. kind of thing and you yes. know uh, around the new england area that's definitely something that you would do but if you're in california it's probably going to be very warm and you don't have to do that anyways so yeah. Um, I grew I think, up in Louisiana. Yeah, like this wouldn't. We're looking at snow right now, guys. This does not happen in Louisiana. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think for the most part, you know, those are probably some good ones there. Uh, yeah. But I think uh, for me, I, I, I I'm always drinking IPAs over the holidays. I mean, that's right. kind of my yeah. my style of drink, anyways. So, but I think that uh, you know, it's definitely something that people think of, but not as much as they do for like. Um, you know, summer seasonals and stuff like that. You brought up a good point. Uh, spring seasonals. They're always the worst. Why is that? No one does them anymore. I feel like breweries don't do spring seasonals anymore. I think it's, it's such a tough area and tough market time. Because you think of spring as like, you know, I don't know, March to like May-ish yeah. maybe. Mm-hmm. But I would think it'd be easy, like something I, I, fresh and light and I, refreshing. But I think the seasonal creep takes over there. I think what I mean by that is... When you are a brewery and you get closer to summertime, you're yeah. releasing your summer stuff yeah. way earlier than you usually do. That's everything. And, and same with pumpkins. And, oh my and, God, and, they come out in like July, July. and August now. Yeah, it's where ridiculous. Where is pumpkins made? They're definitely not made in, in July. Yeah. Uh, I think for the most part though, when you look at spring seasonals, the, the, the summers probably do a lot more from a cost perspective and a sales perspective. Okay. Better than, than spring. So they'll probably push... You know, for example, Sam Adams Summer Ale will probably push into April. Yeah. Even though it's really not traditionally summer, but they can elongate that from what yeah. we call seasonal that creep. That makes sense. Um, okay. But not a lot of breweries do it just because of the fact that uh, they, they rather do more summery style beverages. That totally on. makes sense. But, um, you know, again, uh, there's not a lot out there that I can even think of off the top of my head. Yeah. yeah. Over the years, they just started to not do the yeah. best they do. So. All right. Good point about pumpkins. Are people going to start pushing back and fighting back? Just like we both said, July, they're coming out. Yeah. That's ridiculous. I don't want... It's, I'm still in shorts and flip-flops. <laughs> and why? I, I, want, I love every season when it happens. I don't want a fucking pumpkin beer <laughs> in July. Well, I, I'll tell you this. It's kind of like when you go to the like Target or Walmart in the middle of... Yeah. Uh, uh, end of October, and they're having Christmas decorations yeah. up before Thanksgiving. It's the same. We need to all fight back. This is all bullshit. It, it, I feel like it, it's the same concepts there. It's like, you know, a lot of this is related to sales. They can sell, if they can elongate the season, they can sell more beverages on, on that particular time period. But, you know, for me, you know, from a user perspective, like, am I going to be upset that I get, you know, pumpkin in July? Uh, 
you know, probably not because it's a credible beer. But I am. <laughs> where, where is that? Where, where are they coming from? They're definitely not this season, that's for sure. Right. Yeah. So I mean, where, where are they? Where are they coming from? From that perspective. But you know, there's a lot of people talking about how you know they should you know focus on putting the seasonal beers in the months that they're actually there. Yes. But it's all about shelf space. All about you know the business side of the equation. Yeah. I, I can get it from both sides from that, that situation. But for me, I. I I'm not going to drink a pumpkin beer in July. Man. No, so. I don't start sweating that early from yeah, there. Exactly. So. All right, I have a random question. Sure. You ready? I'm ready. I had heard in 2009 you were on Man vs. Food. I have, yes. All right, This is go. a very crazy story. Go. So <laughs> my good friend Greg Malumian, um, <clears throat> uh, we did a lot of competitive eating. And I say we, he did it. I just filmed it. But on <laughs> so we're also both named Greg. So... Uh, back in like late 2008 or 2000, early 2009, um, I put a video up on YouTube and it was for a two-person challenge that did a, it was like a 27-inch pizza with no sauce, just vegetables and everything else. And it was called, like, I forget what the challenge was called, but I put it on YouTube. And then Travel Channel, which does the membership, called me up yeah. on the phone and said, we'd like you to come eat with Adam Richmond, which is the coach, uh, oh, the main host yeah. of the show. And I said, first of all, it's very honored that you say that, but I'm not the one that ate it in the film because you're both named Greg. Right. They thought it was me. Yeah. So oh, I said, you know, I'll contact my friends. So we, we got hooked up with them. He went down there. They filmed it. It's a whole day kind of thing um, where we got there around like 11 in the morning. Where we, did you go? Where so was it was in Hartford, it was Hartford Connecticut. Okay. So it was called Worcestershire, Arrani Worcestershire Pizza. Okay. And um, same place that we went for the first challenge that I filmed, okay. it's a different location. One was in a different area. Okay. So we were there at 11, and then we finished up around midnight. So it was a whole oh. day of filming. Are and you then, eating this whole time? No, no, I oh, wasn't eating. Okay. You know, so we, they, would, uh, <laughs> they would basically go in the kitchen. If you ever watch the show, they have- We love the show. Yeah, so basically in the beginning, uh, he'd go see how it's made. Right. And all the parts, they do a whole thing on the, different parts of the state. Yeah. So they go and film how, how the, the pie was made. They film like interviews with, with Greg, my buddy, uh, the owner, stuff like that. Yeah. And then finally around like, I would say eight or nine o'clock at night. They actually sat down and ate. So it was crazy day all all over the place. The funny part is that my wife and I were both filmed for to be on the show, yeah. and I was very nervous. Um, I don't know why, uh, but I was, and I had to do it like four or five times. And I said one simple line was like, "I'm not sure they can eat this on the plate. It's going to be tough." And every time I messed it up, put it on camera, put it somewhere else. Uh, and my wife, who's a theater major, she was like right on point, like one shot done. Exactly, right? So she was like phenomenal. And then when we both watched it, she didn't make the cut, and I did. So I was like, all right, this is going to be awkward. So, uh, so yeah, that was my claim to fame there. That was like a nine-second little clip on Memphis Food. And oh, it was yeah. a pretty crazy job. They, they did finish the challenge. The craziest part was that during the challenge, uh, Adam, the host, yeah. um, almost quit. He said, I don't think I can do this. And Greg, my buddy, grabbed the crust off of his plate and said, like, we're a team, we can do it. And the crowd went crazy. Yeah. The problem was the cameras weren't filming. Ah! Oh, Wait, no. why weren't they filming? They were filming, but they were moving. So there was a person in front of the camera as they Damn. were moving. So they had them do it again. And oh, it, no! And it was all like a little staged and stuff like that. It wasn't as the good momentum as, as was the done. Because literally, he grabbed her off his plate and it was like, we could do this together, we're a team. And, and everyone that was watching went crazy. That's and then awesome. do it again wasn't as... As yeah. surreal as it was the first time, they but they did finish the challenge. Cameras. 
They did it together. It was pretty cool to see the whole thing. That's they awesome. completed it. They finished they it. They did. They That's completed the challenge. Awesome. So it was. Did he have bowel issues for the next like three days after that? Yeah. <laughs> we always wanted. Out watch. of respect to him, I probably won't say anything about that. But, That's uh, a yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think that it's it's an absurd amount of food to eat for two individuals. A 27 inch pizza with no sauce, yeah. just filled with vegetables. Uh, and cheese, and that's it. So they had like dipping sauces they could use, stuff like that. Wow. Um, for it, but it, it's and how good. long a period of time did they have? I don't remember. I think it was an hour. I could oh, be wrong. God. I could be wrong though. It's that been is a long so time. much yeah. dough yeah. in your stomach. I know. I know. Exactly. Sharif, you hear that? Me and you, buddy. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I'm doing it. Uh, anything else, Boo? Anything you've been uh, wondering about? No, I just want to thank you for coming on. My pleasure, yeah. Um, this is a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. Conversation. Uh, I'm sure down the line, we'd love to have you back on the show. Absolutely. As Untapped continues to evolve. Yeah. yeah. Um, in a very good way. Yeah. Uh, I, I always see people here at Beer Noggin pulling out their phone yeah. when they're trying a new beer. Yeah. And logging it into your app. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, and I'm sure you've been out amongst your travels and, and you see this happen in front of you and you're like yeah. that's also a real experience for me personally <clears throat> untapped is a, obviously a very close thing to my life of being part of it so long but yeah. the most the greatest reward i get from an individual is seeing someone that i do not know check into a beer at a bar that i've been at that yellow glow off the top of the screen yeah. that's uh, awesome it's, it's a pretty cool experience it's something that motivates me to keep working hard every day to get this to be the best it can be and we're so thankful for all the support from you guys and everybody else and awesome. as we build it so so one last question. Sure. Amongst your travels, right? And you go into a bar and you order a beer and you and you put it into your own untapped. Yeah. Are you able to write that off? <laughs> as That's beer as point. beer research? So I, I think for the most part, you know, um, you know, I try to play by the rules and terms okay. things like that. But right. you know, if there's something that um, you know, I am getting that's gonna help my business and stuff like that, definitely can be a write off opportunity for sure, because okay. it affects your business. But yeah. I think for the most part, you know, I look at myself as a, uh, a regular beer user just like everybody else. So I like going to breweries and paying for stuff. I, I don't actually like like when people, um, you know, oh, yeah, you're the co-founder of Untap. Let me give you a round of beer. Like, I want to be able to, to support, support local businesses. Exactly. I want to be able to yeah. support these things. So yeah. also, like, I, I'm not the kind of guy that's going to be like, I am Untap. Bow down to me. <laughs> that's not going to be my foray at all. Uh, I, I don't typically even, like, kind of advertise really that, that I, I'm, I'm from Untapped if someone happens to notice. I, I'm all I'm all going to be for that and kind of talk with them. And get I like how you back. say that as you're wearing a polo know, where it says untapped. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Christmas crashing the company. Everyone, it's awesome. Everyone yeah. got these. Actually, it's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Greg, Greg's wearing a, a North Face pullover with the untapped it's logo. Pretty sweet. Yeah. 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 It's pretty sweet. Yeah, we Actually. should sell those. Yeah. Do you sell swag at all? We do. No? Yeah, we have okay. a swag store stored untapped.com. And uh, we have all sorts of stuff on there. We just actually did a partnership with uh, Growler, um, Growler Works. Okay. They do a kind of stainless steel um, growler with a um, uh, pressurized sensor. Ew. So you can, put, you can fill it up yeah. and you can keep it there in your refrigerator and still have good beer. I've seen those. Those are nice. So it's actually branded on taps and the tap panel says untapped on there. It's in the store. We do like water Christmas bottles. Gifts. Yes, yes. <laughs> They're really, really cool stuff in the store to, to do that. But, you know, like I said, when I'm at places, I, I, try, I try to um, just be low key, enjoy being like everybody else. But yeah. I love talking with you. This is my favorite part of my job. Yeah. Uh, we were at GABF this year. Uh, we got a chance to talk to a lot of people about what we want to do and what we want to improve. When nice. it comes down to it, untapped is for the people. Yeah. We're, we're really big on user 
feedback, yeah. user appreciation. You know, a lot of companies will say, you know, users are important. Yeah, they're important. No, they are very <laughs> important. They're, everything we do, we think about how it affects the user yeah. and how they'll affect the community and the experience. And so it's really important to us to kind of facilitate that feedback and make it happen. So awesome. awesome. This is so well, nice. Thank you again. This my pleasure. Happy to be here. So. Amazing. Um, if you guys are listening and would like to support us and help us to continue to go out and drink beer and tell you about it, please go to our site, anchor.fm slash butfirstbeer. Anchor.fm slash butfirstbeer. And if you're thirsty for more, please subscribe to our podcast. Where can they find us? You guys can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Spreaker, Breaker, and any other smartphone app where you listen to your podcast. Just search for But First, comma, Beer, period. And check out our Instagram. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Bye, guys.